Hey. Hello and welcome to the Even Stevens Ranked Podcast, the podcast for all things Even Stevens. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Blake Thompson. (laughs) I'm Ethan Brem. (laughs) Woo, okay. Uh, And today we are talking about season one, episode six, Lewis in the Middle. This originally premiered July 22nd, 2000. As we talked about in our last episode, this was number five in production, which after viewing this again, I think would have made a heck of a lot more sense. Oh, 100%. (laughs) It was directed by Jonathan Winfrey and written by Mark Fink. This episode has a 7.3 on IMDb, which is a little lower than Mm -hmm. some of the ones so far. So I've been deciding to check TV.com more uh, frequently now with this because I think that's kind of interesting. Mm. This episode is dead last ranked really on TV.com for the entire series. Last? Last. So, so, there's someone out there who thought that In Ren We Trust is a better episode. Was better than this. Like, absolutely not. I mean, the ratings on TV.com are really generous. This is rated dead last, but it still has an 8.0. Yeah, so it's... It's even Stevens fans rate, rating it, though, yeah. too, right? So, <laughs> so I, I had this ranked at 57 on per, my personal list out of 65. Yep. And I have this one at 44. Okay. Which isn't too far off from yours, but I mean, I consider the 40s to close. I've said this before, but like the closer it gets to 25, mm-hmm. more of like above average, but. Let's just do the synopsis first and then get into the general thoughts. So the IMDb synopsis is really to the point. Uh, It just says, Lewis saves a popular student's life. Yep. (laughs) That's it. That's what happens. But there is also, again, there is also a subplot with Ren. I just wanted to read my little synopsis on my review. I said, Lewis coincidentally saves big shot on campus Blake Thompson's life, who's clearly not 14 years old and only in this one episode, (laughs) by stopping him from choking on a piece of steak. After that, Blake welcomes Lewis into his entourage, even calling him his main man, but it doesn't take long for things to go south. Meanwhile, there's romantic (laughs) tension between Larry and Ren, and we need to talk about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The most. The most. Probably in this entire show. I think other than Raiders of the Lost Sausage, where they're they're tied tied together, together, I think that episode and this one are like the two Mm. go-to episodes for if you want any sort of proof that Larry and Ren should have eventually got together. Yeah, those are the two that I that like pop in my head immediately when I think of that kind mm-hmm. of uh, would be should be storyline. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's some. It's just I mean, yeah, it is palpable. Yeah, and it gets like kind of an almost cheesy at like a couple, a couple points. <laughs> a little weird. bit, yeah. Oh, it must be Eric Van Lo. Eric Van Lowe, yep. Well, yeah, finally, this is the last episode in the Eric Van Lowe saga. Oh my gosh, thank you. Which I'm actually really happy to be wrapping up. But honestly, I'm going to say, I'm putting it out there, out of the six Eric Van Lowe episodes, I think this might be the best one. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think I ranked two of them higher, mm-hmm. I want to say. What'll Idol do? Oh yeah, I definitely ranked that one higher. I like mm-hmm. that episode. And then I think I ranked the Swap.com higher. Mm-hmm. No, I did as well. I, I ranked both of those higher as well. I would probably stick to that, but I actually really liked the direction in this episode. I thought there were some really kind of fun cuts that are like subtle details that even Stevens that I like about even Stevens. 
for Jonathan Winfrey, he also directed a couple of later episodes, Snow Job, Thin Ice, Starstruck, which is one of my personal favorites, mm-hmm. and Get a Job. Oh. Um, and all of those I kind of have lower on my list except for Starstruck. I don't know. I just I, like uh, upon watching it this time, I usually don't look forward to this episode because it's just kind of dry. Mm. It's just kind of like a weird kind of quirky episode, I guess, mm-hmm. which is good. But I actually really enjoyed it this time. Me watching it. too. Me too. A couple of years. I probably last time I watched this episode. And yeah, I actually I really liked it. I was laughing a couple of times yep. like pretty hard, harder than I remember. Yeah, laughing. no, I really was, too. <laughs> I really was, too. Because last time I watched it, it was I was I was like binging it. I was like watching them all like together. So, you know, like amidst the first six episodes. I mean, it's kind of in the middle, I'd say, as far as like entertainment value. Mm -hmm. But like the last episode I watched was a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So like isolated like that, like it's a fun episode. And that's how you watched it when you're a kid, right? Because you weren't binging it as a kid. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Quickly, you mentioned with the direction. I also noticed a lot more like fast motion cuts in this one. Yeah. Like they really stood out to me. Like I know the show always does it, but I feel like they maybe did it a little too much in this episode. There weren't any montages really, which I like. And I always say that montages are kind of like like a a cheap cheap. sort of way. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a little gimmick to to waste time in like a like to thin out the plot, but Mm -hmm. there wasn't really any in this one, which was cool. Yeah, I think in the, if you're judging the episode in relation to the entire series, Mm -hmm. I'm still okay with putting it at 44, Mm -hmm. but out of the first six, I might've had the most fun watching this one. Really? Yeah. I'd probably put maybe one or two higher on it than that, but I had All About Yvette at 60, and then I had this one at 57, but I feel like those... Three ep- two episodes, three episodes in between, two episodes in between. There's like probably like a break off point. Lewis in the middle might be like the first or second episode in like the next tier of mm-hmm. my ratings. Mm-hmm. So, in my original review, I agree with everything I said. Still, I, I wrote this last year. Um, my original review for the episode. I, it's always interesting now for me to look back at what I wrote and see what sort of headspace I was in when I had ranked it and reviewed it. So I still totally agree with what I said. When I had finished watching it, I had a really good time watching it. I watched it with mom again and she had a really good time with it as well. And I was like, oh God, I, I, like, I couldn't remember where I ranked it. And I was like, please don't tell me I ranked this like super low. And when I checked and saw it was 44, I was, I was, ha- I was still happy with that yeah. because what I said was, I said that the episode is pretty neutral. It's not bad at all, but it's not totally amazing. I said it's genuinely very neutral and easily could have been placed anywhere on the list, but I just decided to go with 44. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's not really, the word I want to say is offensive. Yeah, it's not bad. It's yeah. not, it doesn't do anything bad. Like it's, it's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. It might be like number one on the most just there episodes for me of even Stevens, like yeah. the ones that I just always forget about. Which is weird because it has a one-off and usually the one-off character episode you kind of tend to remember more. But I think it's just because Blake Thompson is, I mean, he's kind of a jerk, but he's yeah. not like, he's not like June Marie type of jerk. He's just kind of like full of himself and like mm-hmm. not very nice, like, yeah. you know. So I've been starting to do this thing where 
I watch the episode first and then try to think of where I would have had it ranked. Mm. And then, um, so I did that with this and I was like, I was probably having like the forties. And then I looked and it was 57 and I was like, wow, that's pretty, that's lower than I thought. Yeah. And then I realized that this is even Stevens in that, like I have to have it somewhere. I was like, I probably 57 is where I'd keep it. I'm actually pleasantly surprised with 44. I was like, yeah, yeah Brittany, two years ago when yeah. you compiled this list, like, <laughs> I'm still okay with that. I always wanted to know, did you make the list like ahead of time? I did. Okay. Um, but as I went on, I made like subtle changes because I tried mm-hmm. to do reviews once a week, even though I totally failed at that. Um, but, you know, I, I tried to keep posting the reviews pretty consistently over the course of Two years or so. So what I did was I binged the whole season. I mean, the whole series. Then when I finished binging it, I went through the list of episodes, compiled a list that I thought was pretty solid. And then Mm -hmm. in between reviews, I would sort of reevaluate the list over and over as I would go each week and make subtle changes here and there. As I got closer to number one, though, when I was running out of episodes to switch around, I started getting a a whole lot of anxiety. (laughs) Well, because you're like, well, I'm at like number three, like maybe I want to throw this episode way farther down and it's like, but I can't change that anymore, right? No. It's like ranking 65 episodes. I mean, and I've ranked now Boy Meets World, which I don't recommend to anybody. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't believe that's a hundred and sixty episodes or about something like that. No, and uh, and then this one is sixty five, and that's probably about the most I'll do. But even sixty five is a lot. Yeah, because you're talking a TV show. Each episode, it's like its own beast. Like. Yep. There's so many different aspects to it, and it's just so hard. And and then sometimes you watch an episode a lot and it's a great episode and because you've seen it so many times you tend to rank it lower yep whereas an episode that you don't really see as much you might tend to rank higher just because you're not as familiar with it yep but even though it's not as good of an episode as the other one so you have to keep that in mind too. yeah i think i did that with a fewer episodes I yeah think. i did that too i mean and i had to really like go back and like with a clean mind and be like did i really want to rank this where i had it but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not an easy thing to do at all No. Much respect for you doing that with Boy Meets World. I don't know what I was thinking. No, yeah, but I think just wrapping up general thoughts, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the Larry and Ren stuff is amazing. Yeah. I'm glad having that a little bit higher on the list. Um, And I think there's some good development for, you know, I just wrote The Gang. Yeah, yeah. uh, You know, Lewis, Twitty, and Tawny. Definitely. It shows uh, how strong their friendship is and, you know, what sort of lengths they'll go to to help each other. Yeah. And Blake is awful, but I really didn't mind him that much as a one-off here. He was cool, yeah. I mean, I didn't mind him. He's probably like my favorite one-off in these first in the Eric Van Lowe saga. Mm-hmm. He did a really good job. He really did a good snobby, not snobby, just yeah, full of himself, yeah. arrogant. Super arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then there was also, I really liked, there's some subtle... Lewis and Tawny stuff as well mm-hmm. that we'll get into that I think is really effective as well as just, you know, displaying their relationship and how well she really understands him. Yeah. I think this was really kind of amazing. Yeah. So let's jump into these plot points here. So this episode opens in the school cafeteria where Lewis starts doing Marlon Brando impressions. You know, he did. I made her an offer she could refuse. Okay. Honestly, I think... I might have to edit in his impressions back to back with the actual clips from the movies. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, Because as we were doing it and he started doing these impressions, my mom said, those are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, Lewis, dude, how'd you get that BMS Robex class? You really want to know? Yeah, man, that's uh, kind of why I'm asking you. Well, you really want to know how? Oh, man, here it comes. I made her an offer she couldn't refuse. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender. Stella! Hey, Stella! I think they're supposed to be kind of not great. Yeah. <laughs> as hilarious as Shia is, I think that he knows his limitations and he doesn't do impressions really. No. And I think he it was more just like an exaggerated, funny impression. I don't think it was meant to be like <laughs> really good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they were going for, but it's just so yeah. funny. I was just dying yeah, laughing. Great. My mom was like, that was terrible. <laughs> like the way she said it. It's like she, she expected so much more. <laughs> <laughs> From a seventh grader. Yeah. And uh, Tawny as well. It was, it's great as he's about to break into the Godfather impression. Oh, man. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Share straight man is top notch right now. <laughs> Oh, man. It's so good. Yeah. Then he goes into uh, Stella or whatever when he tries <laughs> to do that. And he flails his arms in wax. One-off character number four in the face, Blake Thompson. Yeah. And I think it's kind of funny because we see Ivan here again. And he is Blake's lackey in this episode, which I think is kind of perfect because it shows that he's just so fickle. Like, yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, he just goes with whoever is hot at the moment, you know. So Blake Thompson's the it guy. So there, there's Ivan hanging on. I wonder how Larry feels about that. I mean, maybe that's why he's so butthurt this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought it was interesting how Ivan says you hit him in the face man and then Blake's like it's okay as long as it's not the nose anything but the nose I'm like Lewis did hit him in the nose he hit him in the nose (laughs) (laughs) you hit him in the like okay okay I don't know what was going on with that direction like yeah let's hit him in the nose and have him say oh it's okay you didn't hit me in the nose I I don't understand I I don't know maybe he was trying to pretend like he wasn't hitting the nose (laughs) Or maybe he just meant, as long as you don't do serious damage to my nose. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, man, we're already thinking way too hard about this. <laughs> There's so There are way more important things. <laughs> the actor who played Blake Thompson, I looked it up, he's 20 years old in this episode. Yes, way. yep, yep, that's what I was going to say. He is 20 years old. He, playing a 14-year-old. Yeah, and he, not only that, though, he looks 35. Yeah, and you might say to yourself, it's only six years difference between 14 and 20, but... Yeah, when it's 14 and 20, though, like, that's a huge difference. That's six years are, like, really, like, 20 years. Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. Especially, like, you're a 20-year-old adult playing a middle schooler. Like, maybe if you were a 20-year-old adult playing, like, a high school senior or something, maybe. But you're playing a middle schooler. You're, like, not, like, questionably through puberty yet. Like, we're not sure. Yeah. Apparently, he is. Oh, he's way, yeah, he's way (laughs) through that. So... That's basically that whole opening little bit. And Mm -hmm. then it cuts to another section of the cafeteria. So this whole opening scene is just partying it up in the cafeteria with just (laughs) stuff going on. So Ren is a student policy monitor and she stands up to announce that she really wants to improve the cafeteria food. And Larry Beal decides to just completely cramper style. I mean, he is being such a jerk. I mean... For no reason. I mean... 
other than he's in love with her, but he didn't <laughs> Yeah, I know. I honestly. I don't understand why he's so adamant about it. Yeah, he's he's just every single thing she says, he comes back with like a snarky, you know, thing to interrupt her with. I mean, it's just it's I mean, I will say I did laugh. Like, I think he's obnoxious here. I don't think he's funny. Like the rest of the cafeteria is laughing. Uh, But I did laugh when she's like, now I'm your policy monitor and I am here to serve you. In that case, can you bring me another piece of chocolate cake? (laughs) (laughs) Like I did, I did laugh. They zoom in on this random extra. I was going to say that. Like they focus on him for like a hot five seconds. Like this is one extra awkwardly being told to laugh by the director and he's just giving his best fake laugh. Yep, that stood out to me. Oh, my God. Uh, But yeah, so basically Larry's just being a total jerk and getting on Ren's last nerve. And I don't blame Mm -hmm. her. I mean, that, that that's pretty much it. Yeah, and then we're still yeah. at the cafeteria. It cuts back to Lewis's little land of the cafeteria where Blake uh, Thompson is standing nearby and he is just completely bragging about himself and his past achievements. And, oh, you know, one time I did this commercial, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, what's he say? He's like, I do all my own stunts. I, did, I, don't, I don't use any of that CGI stuff. Yeah, <laughs> apparently 14-year-old Blake Thompson does his own stunts. <laughs> oh, man. It cuts to Lewis, Twitty, and Tawny sort of observing Blake, you know, being all arrogant. And Twitty says, yeah, so Blake did a Doc Diener's hot dog commercial a few years ago. Apparently doing a hot dog commercial is enough to warrant low-level local celebrity treatment in Sacramento. Because everyone's treating this guy like he's such a celebrity. And I'm like, I guess that's all it takes in this town. Uh, just do a few commercials. Oh the Doc Diener's thing is... <laughs> Always stuck in my head. Is this sort of like our first inappropriate joke of the series? It's the first really blatant one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lewis is all, oh, yeah, Doc Deaners. Doc, Doc Deaners. Yeah, I, I remember I remember that commercial. I remember the song. It goes, if it's, it's not, not Doc Deaners, you're just eating wieners. <laughs> that, that's one thing alone to sing that jingle. But then Lewis turns to Tawny and says, You remember that commercial? I don't eat wieners. Okay. What? Okay. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. And uh, Lewis is just like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Is Jim Wise involved in these earlier episodes? I don't know, but I feel like he probably was. I don't know. But yeah, so that line really stood out and uh, always stood out to me. But I'm like, wow. Okay, Disney. Uh Really pushing the envelope. Um, but yeah, it's also great the way Tawny says it. Like, she's almost as if she knows the double meaning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's not happy with it, but she has to say it anyway. But yeah, so then Blake's, you know, he's in the middle of saying something arrogant again. And he starts coughing on this piece of steak. And I do love the way Lewis is looking at him and he goes, oh, what is that, Shakespeare? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, and Tawny's like, oh, I think he's choking. And on close for inspection, he's like, oh, my God, he is choking. And I love the way Lewis just suddenly starts rattling off like EMT knowledge (laughs) of like, he just knows everything. He's like, "Okay, Tawny, go to the safety poster. Twitty, boil some hot water, like (laughs) boil some water. I never understood. I understand now what it means but i didn't understand when my whole life what that means i mean i don't understand it either still because like on tv.com it, under trivia about, it said it, it has to do with when you're pregnant and you're yeah. supposed to like i think it has to do with 
like I don't know. Also, Lewis kind of does this too uh, on the track in uh, the Stevens Jeans episodes where the kid falls. Right, and he's right, like, yeah. He's like, "You call nine one one. You do something." <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the medics come over and he's telling them what to do. He's like, yeah. "Oh, don't take off his shoe. Just wrap the cast around the shoe." Yeah, but he just knows. Yet, yet Eileen won't let him babysit Twitty's brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he seems to be very well prepared <laughs> when it comes to medical uh, knowledge. It's kind of interesting the way they've had Lewis be knowledgeable about this kind of stuff more than once. <laughs> Were they like not knowing what sort of field they wanted Lewis to go into? And like, let's let's throw some medical stuff in there in case Lewis ever wants to become a doctor. <laughs> oh man, yeah. But then there was also sort of another inappropriate thing here too, when he goes behind Blake and oh, yeah. And Tawny's like, thrust! And he's like, I'm thrusting! I really wish I wasn't an adult and didn't notice this, you know, visual mixed with that dialogue. Part of me feels like they don't mean it to be like that, but who knows? I know. Some of the stuff they do is so blatant, though, that I'm like, maybe they do know. Like, I don't like, know. Like, you think the exec, like, if, if we're picking up on this stuff, you think the executives at Disney are watching this and be like, huh, okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's it's yeah, interesting. That's, that's perfectly fine. So Lewis has given Blake the Heimlich trying to help him from choking and he ends up saving him and it's always really gross. There was like that, it's kind of like the only surreal sort of thing in this episode where the piece of steak goes flying out of Blake's mouth directly into Ivan's mouth and it's a very CGI piece of steak flying through the air and it lands in Ivan's mouth and he eats it and he's like, needs salt (laughs) anyway yeah that was always really disgusting yeah it's pretty gross but yeah so lewis i guess saved blake's life you know blake calls him a genuine hero you know it cuts to another scene here you know lewis is sort of part of blake's posse now they're walking around school together and everyone's clapping because you know lewis is such a hero and blake decides to welcome lewis with open arms into his entourage which again this dude is so full of himself it's one person <laughs> it is only Ivan. But that is, it's so funny. Like, my mom and I were just laughing. Where he's like, as of right now, you're officially part of my entourage. I'm like, who says that? Anything you want to say? No, but I, <laughs> keep going. Because <laughs> it, it looked like you were going to bring something up. Oh, no, no. No, I wasn't. That's the thing about this episode, too, for me. There's just not a lot that I have to say. Like, Every episode, I feel like I've had a lot of notes. This one, I was trying to figure out stuff to say. Later, I mean, when you get to the more of the Twitty, Tawny stuff, probably more so, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. that actually is right around here. We get like the yeah. first sort of thing of that. So Lewis is in the hallway at his locker with Blake and Ivan and Ivan's acting as Lewis's servant now, cleaning up everything that fell out of his locker. And Lewis starts doing his Marlon Brando impressions for Blake and... uh You know, he's really just sort of enjoying the moment of seeming relevant to this popular guy. And Twitty and Tawny are down the other end of the hallway and they're sort of observing Lewis from afar. And this is, again, I think this is like the first thing here with Tawny where she says, You know, uh, Lewis saved the guy's life and it's pretty big news. But I know that whenever Blake and his little showbiz pals are involved, there's got to be trouble. Twitty, don't worry. No one knows a real Lewis better than I do, and deep down, he's classy, caring, very, very intelligent. Honestly, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, it is true. He's super smart. Yeah. I mean, pretty much all funny people are smart, right? So, Mm -hmm. and plus he knows, you know, he knows how to 
make machines and stuff. Like yep. he's built stuff and uh, yeah, he's super smart. Yeah. It's just, I mean, this might be one of the first times too. I can't, maybe one other time where you see Twitty and Tawny interact. Right. Not be with each other, but like straight up, like have like a, just by themselves a conversation. Yeah. And she gives him a flower, which I have never understood. Yeah, I never understood that either. But Tawny's weird, so I'm like, eh, she had a flower <laughs> yeah, so on her. Like, yeah, you're like, whatever, it's Tawny. But I'm not going to question it. But I just love, like, we've seen Twitty in a couple other episodes, but he's concerned about him. And you can tell that, like, he's like a brother to him. Where yeah. as the other two episodes, he was just kind of like the friend or three episodes. He was just kind of like the friend. Mm-hmm. But this one, like, it takes it to another level, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I also really like the way... AJ says this one line where he's like, I know whenever Blake and his little show pal buddies are involved, <laughs> like the way he says it, I really love it. He's like, I know there's got to be trouble. It's a very twitty way of saying things. Like yeah. AJ has his own delivery, I think, with everything uh, mm-hmm. that he kind of just like kind of makes up his own way of saying lines, which I love. Mm-hmm. If someone else said it like that, it would feel not right but he says it it's like yeah that's twitty it just makes me happy every time yeah. he says that line i don't know why i was just smiling i love twitty but yeah i do think what the words tawny used to describe lewis do describe lewis though he's uh i mean i don't know classy but no i mean he knows when to be he can be classy. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and caring yeah. i mean he's i mean i i definitely see that at yeah. times even though he can be selfish sometimes but yep um but you know. with tawny especially he's super caring mm-hmm. yeah but so twitty and tawny both uh decide that they're going to keep an eye on lewis because uh, they're you know sort of worried for him they can tell he's going mm-hmm. down his uh arrogant streak of oh i'm becoming popular now and yeah. You know, we, we see him do that a few more times throughout the series. Yeah, he oh, he he tends to go through these little phases a lot. You give him an inch, he takes 100 miles. So then it cuts to a scene at home. I'm, I'm, a, I'm guessing it was that night, right? Uh, mm-hmm. With Ren and Lewis. And I really liked this scene. It, it, like, I like any scene where you really see them interacting as siblings. And, yeah. And, and you see them, you know, being there for each other and just having, like, real conversations. I, you know, I, I just feel like it makes everything feel, you know, more grounded and more real. You need at least one scene per episode, I think, with Lewis and Ren. And I think for the most part, you get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Lewis comes downstairs, uh, Ren is in the kitchen, and he comes downstairs with his little fake teeth in doing an Austin Powers impression, and it's just kind of funny, you know, he's kind of grossing out Ren a little bit, and I don't know, it's just, it's 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 great, and he tells her, you know, she's getting uh, really worked up about Larry Beal being a jerk, and uh, you know, Lewis tells her to not take it so seriously and just have fun with her policy monitor job. And, you know, maybe if she wasn't so uptight, Larry Beale uh, wouldn't have anything to tease her about. And yeah, yeah. They kind of break character a couple of times. Yep. Nope. Yeah. And the director also makes a point to kind of just glimpse at it real quick. Like he doesn't have to go back to Lewis when he kind of like breaks into a smile. Yeah. But he still goes back to it. It's another thing I liked about Jonathan Winfrey's direction. He's not afraid to kind of show those moments too. I liked it. Mm-hmm. No, I, that that always stood out to me as well. And then after him and Ren have this conversation, he pops the Austin Powers teeth back in and says, baby, <laughs> and runs away. And Ren's just like, ew. <laughs> That's great. And Christy sort of laughs a little bit too. I love um, it, yeah. 
It's great. Yeah, so then it cuts to the next scene where it's at lunch outside and Lewis is like telling some jokes to some popular girls, I'm assuming. And we get some weird like documentary style shots. Yes, oh my God. Or Blake's yes. on the phone. <laughs> yep, yep, thank you. And you get this weird like documentary style shot. It's like the only time I can remember it happening. I mean, I'll probably notice it now if it happens again, but. In this episode, for sure, it was the only time that happened. Yeah. It was bizarre. I don't know. It was super random. Yeah. I Thank you. This is amazing. Like, I feel like we're getting on, like, the same <laughs> wavelength with stuff we notice. Yeah. Because I was going to write that down, but I was like, eh, maybe it's not that important. But then you mentioned it, so I was it's like, so thank weird. you. <laughs> I almost didn't write it down, but I was like, I have to, I'll just write it down, whatever. Yeah, because it but. made me happy. Because, like, I've said, though, before that I love documentary, mockumentary style stuff. Yeah. And I just sort of loved the way they were doing it. Like, when I noticed it, I was like, why are they doing this? Like, why are they, like, hiding in the bushes, <laughs> zooming in on Blake and moving the camera? around and, like. and I, I tried again at nauseum to think about what the artistic decision was behind it <laughs> <laughs> i like i don't know if i can come up with anything besides the fact that i don't know like yeah i don't know i thought it was kind of funny i think i think yeah. maybe this is how i saw it yeah so blake thompson's on the phone with his mom but we don't know that until the very end of mm-hmm. the phone conversation which i always thought was hysterical when i was a kid no no that is not something that i'm going to be doing because i mean you know who i am i mean it's not going to happen no 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 the kind of thing that i would do no 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 you're not listening to me what i'm saying is it's just not what happens with blake thompson it's just not gonna if blake thompson doesn't feel that it would be good for him i don't think blake thompson should have to do it i mean do you know what i'm saying I'm a very important person, and this is not the kind of thing that I would do. No, 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 you're not listening to me. What I'm saying is it's not going to happen. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. Okay, fine, Mom, you win. I'll clean my room. Jeez, I gotta go. Yeah, it's funnier when you're a kid, though, right? Yeah. Because you're like, oh, it's his mom. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't want to clean his room. Yeah. Because they, you know, they ramp it up. You know, making it seem like he's such a celebrity and he's yeah. on the phone disputing some sort of contract. Uh, and it's it's really intense. And in the end, it's just his mom was really trying to get him to clean his room. <laughs> and, and once you realize that, you, you kind of see how... The, what he was saying on the phone, it was kind of like he was kind of overdoing it a little bit. On oh, the phone. obviously. Once you, once you realize once you realize it's like, oh, that it kind of is weird that he was. No, 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 no. That's just something that Blake Thompson does not do. Like it was like, <laughs> why would he say that? Well, that's the thing. It's just, it's just, it was just always hilarious to me because <laughs> I think it's also poking fun at the fact that he's such a low level celebrity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, this is his sort of issue. That's like, you know, he makes it seem so much bigger. <laughs> and if you think about it, I mean, this might even, and it, it kind of circles back around. Like, this kind of might be his fifteen minutes of fame. There's a lot of people who are in, you know, kind of famous like when you're younger like they're in a commercial or Mm -hmm. whatever like they get old they don't do anything after that that's like all they do but that was their 15 minutes of fame Mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. It kind of goes back around later in the episode. And it's kind of funny. I'm, I had written in my review, this is where I pointed out how old Blake Thompson looks. And I said, this dude is like 35 years old and in the eighth grade. I said, I guess that's what happens when hot dog commercials are your top priority. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, how I looked at the whole documentary camera thing, I think it was like just showing us, oh, here's this celebrity like we're we're, we're yeah. like this paparazzi from the bushes yeah sort of looking at what this guy is doing and then in the end it's nothing important at all like you yeah, know i, I kind of had that thought too that's a good one too yeah that's probably what it was mm-hmm. i guess they they don't really show us what lewis is saying to that group of people at lunch like you know he has the um the big nose mustache, uh, glasses the on. Groucho marks. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's wearing those and he's doing whatever. I don't know what he's doing. He's throwing glitter all over people with a giant bucket. Yeah. You can kind of hear him say, oh, you thought it was water. Like to one of the girls. Really? Yeah. You can kind of hear it. It was super <laughs> faint, but, and then he, another time he does that, he like starts a joke, but you never hear right the, any of the rest of the joke, but yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of faint from far away. And yeah, it is sort of from Blake's perspective. I think maybe mm-hmm. is it him just noticing like that Lewis is annoying to him from afar and just he just doesn't care about him. And I don't know. You think he's threatened now because people actually think Lewis is funny like those girls do. And like Ivan even mm-hmm. likes Lewis now. I mean, and Lewis obviously like has that annoying little brother syndrome, mm-hmm. which I love. But I think to Blake, he's it's easy to say that Lewis is annoying. Mm-hmm. But also he's threatened because he knows that even though he perceives him as annoying, he still is getting attention. And yeah. that's taking attention away from Blake. Yeah. Trying to get yeah. into Blake's head there. Yeah. But yeah, with Ivan, this goes back to his last appearance in Take My Sister, where he genuinely thought that Lewis and Ren were funny. And, you yeah. know, and in the end, when they end up winning and everything, he's in the wings clapping for them genuinely as well. Mm-hmm. Like Ivan's a good guy. Like we see him here, you know, he runs over to. Blake and he's like oh like come listen to Lewis's jokes this is really when it takes a sad turn you know when Blake's like dude like the guy's a loser and Ivan being so spineless you can tell he's having such an internal struggle he's like looks back at Lewis because he wants to go back and have fun but then he looks at Blake and he's like oh Blake's approval is more important so it's oh yeah man you're right (laughs) total loser just walks away (laughs) he just walks away from everything Blake thinks Ivan's a loser probably too. I know. It's 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 all sad, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that happens and I guess Lewis decides it's time to wrap up his little routine with those people. <laughs> so we see that Tawny was sort of spying and observing Lewis here. She kind of pops out and tells Lewis like, you know, you may not know this, but I'm fond of you. I wrote in my notes here. Although I do think keeping it in production order, the episodes in production order makes sense. I think maybe a reason why they switched episodes five and six is that Lewis and Tawny seem much closer in this episode. Mm-hmm. That part makes more sense. Yeah. And, you know, like she's saying, I'm fond of you and they seem like like much closer friends. I feel like. If we had all about Yvette after this one, it would be a little weird for her to seem so cold towards him. In that episode, yeah. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, the way she's she's really reluctant to babysit with him and, you know, she Mm. calls him lame and, you know, she just (laughs) acts like she doesn't want to be there. And Where in this one, she you can tell she's like really cares about Lewis and, and wants to be near him, yeah. Yeah, and that she knows a lot about him. And I think in that sense, it makes way more sense to have this one come after that. Yeah. And so basically Tawny tells Lewis that, you know, she's a little worried about him. She's a little concerned that he's become a pod person. (laughs) 
When I was a kid, I never understood what the heck that meant. I was completely in the dark about this whole reference. And it's, of course, a reference to Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which they also reference another time in the series, but they don't say Body Snatchers. Lewis says Invasion of the Body Switchers. Which episode? In Rengate. Does he? Yeah, at the very end. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, he's just like, Why couldn't you just follow the rules, Ren? You just sounded like me. Yeah. It's like the invasion of the body switchers. Oh, he did. Yeah, dude. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. So I yeah, I always made the connection that they referenced that more than once. I like it. Um, but yeah, of course, he says switchers instead of snatchers because I don't know. Yeah. Copyright. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I never knew what pod person was. And I wrote in my review that I remember when I was a kid, I thought they were saying pot person oh my God. i don't know why <laughs> and i was like is lewis doing drugs like i didn't know what was happening I thought even it was... stevens that's like a after school special right now i thought they were taking a degrassi turn i was like yeah. wow this is getting intense because uh, the conversation has a very serious vibe to it you know yeah like, like tawny's very concerned and lewis is clearly offended you know he's like oh uh you're just jealous or whatever that I have new friends mm. you don't want me to have new friends and she's like oh you're taking it the wrong way but I never understood why Lewis says maybe you're the pod people what yeah I, that I doesn't make just, sense like I think he doesn't know what pod people means and yeah, he's just like, <laughs> maybe he's just like me he has no idea no you're a pod person maybe he uh <laughs> he's taking uh tips from look smart be smart and repeating the same thing back <laughs> he's just like maybe you're oh the pod people did you bump my head on a dictionary oh man that's uh, one of my favorite episodes <laughs> yeah we're, we're getting ahead, way ahead of ourselves with other oh. references from the show but yeah so i mean that that's pretty much that scene yeah, so for the next scene I have written down here, Ren earlier had told everyone to put a suggestion, like write down any suggestions they have for the school cafeteria into a little suggestion box. So at this scene, we see her and Charlotte at the Stevens house and they have the suggestion box and they're like, oh my God, the suggestion box is full. This is so awesome. We got the kids to care about everything. Let's, we're so excited to read everything. And turns out Larry Beale stuffed the box with nothing but insults towards Wren. Um, and I mean, like, really bad, like, insults, uh, you know, like... Things would certainly improve in the cafeteria if Wren Stevens would keep her skinny butt out of here. Don't tell me. Larry Beale. Mm -hmm. Can you please do something about the tuna casserole? It smells like Wren Stevens' breath. Signed, Lawrence Anthony Beale. Best way to improve the cafeteria is for Ren Stevens to eat outside. Don't tell me. Beale. Larry stuffed the box. I'm so sorry, Ren. I mean, Larry stuffing the box wouldn't have been as bad if there were some other suggestions from other students. And it was just right. like, oh, here's another one from Beale. Oh, cool. Here's some real suggestions. Like, yeah. But the fact that it was just 100% Larry Beale... And that he had previously gotten people to not care about what Ren wanted to do. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it was so aggravating. Yeah. It's a pretty sad scene. Yeah. And and, I, and, and and that's the thing, though. It's like, I love the idea of Ren and Larry together. But then he does these things that are just so bad. I, I mean, it's because it's, I hate, I would hate to say, 
oh, you know, it's just because he likes her, because that's a terrible mindset to have, you know? Well, yeah. But when you're 14, 13, 14, like, I mean, that's how people are. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you tease the person that you like, usually. I mean, yeah, but it is sort of a dangerous mindset to like raise people to think it's like, yeah, oh, if they're horrible to you, it means they like you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That might be why they chose not to go in that direction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that was that was something I always thought that I was like, eh, that might not be the best message. Larry treated her terribly, but they're going to end up together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But then they throw stuff in like what we see later in this episode. I'm like, why are you doing that then? You know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like they probably toyed with the idea Mm -hmm. because I think it would have been fine if, you know, Larry apologized and like, you know, I've always been real like a jerk and stuff. And like, I hope that you can forgive me. And like they get together and then Larry is not mean anymore. Like, I think that would have been fine because it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, like he didn't treat her poorly when they're together and he apologized and all that stuff. So like, right. I think that would have been fine. So I think they're probably toying with that as an idea mm-hmm. and maybe like giving themselves an option for that and planting the seed early. But because I think like we totally see that side of him in Raiders. That was two seasons later. though. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Weird. So like towards the end, of, they had the opportunity to still go that route. Yeah, they um, don't because they don't even really come close any other time. I can't think of any other time. No, but I mean, but there's just always the tension between them. Yeah, sure. Really, you know, so yeah, yeah. one thing I wanted to point out about this scene, though, is that this is where we hear Larry's full name for the first time. Yeah. Uh, he signed all of the slips. Lawrence Anthony Beale. Same initials as my son. Oh. L-A-B. All right. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, Anthony and Stevens and stuff yeah. pops up so much. And now even we got a connection to that. You got a connection to the Weird. initials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to point out when we were talking about how Anthony and everything pops up a lot. We had mentioned Stephen Anthony Lawrence without like Mm -hmm. giving any further explanation. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Stephen Anthony Lawrence plays Beans for those of you that don't know. Yeah. But I think it's interesting how literally his full name has a connection to everything in the show. Yeah. So Stephen for the for the Stevens yeah. and then Anthony for the middle name of both Larry and Lewis and then Lawrence for Lawrence Junior High and Larry's first name. That's uh, weird. It's so weird. It's really weird. It's literally just a coincidence. It's very strange. It was meant to be. So the next scene is Lewis going up to Blake in the hallway doing his Austin Powers impression and Blake has had enough. He hates Lewis basically. He it, it sort of breaks my heart. You know, yeah. Lewis is really excited to have these new friends and he's, you know, testing out this material with them now and and Blake just just hates it. He just tells him that gagalicious baby. It's old and tired, baby. That was good. Thanks for the compliment. Now beat it. I'm getting sick of you. You said you liked my godfather. How many times do I have to watch you die? I mean, you're like a mosquito that keeps biting me. I don't know if you forgot, but I saved your life. That's right. You saved my life. So I tolerated you. But now, your 15 minutes of fame are over. Listen, you go back and hang with your friends, and I'll go hang with mine. Lewis is like, I saved your life. And he's like, yeah, so I tolerated you. I'm like, oh... That's so bad. Everyone watching this show loves Lewis. Mm-hmm. And like we don't think he's annoying. Like we think he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that they had a character I I I mean it's not 
the fault of the show, I guess. It's just always bothered me that there was somebody who didn't, didn't like, like Lewis. Yeah. Lewis. I don't know. You know, that's I think maybe that's why I ranked it lower. Part yeah. of the reason. But no, I understand anyway. that. But yeah. I mean, this is just this one guy like and I can understand because yeah. because you've said before that like Lewis has the annoying little brother thing going sure, on. Yeah. And that's like part of his personality, especially yeah. early on, you know, so for someone else that's not related to him and whatever to have to deal mm-hmm. with him, it would probably be like. I hate you, <laughs> you know? Oh, man. He, Lewis and I would be best friends. <laughs> I say all the time that I want a Lewis Stevens in my life. Yep. I would absolutely love to be best friends with someone like him. It would be amazing. Yeah, so pretty much Blake totally dumps Lewis. And yeah, except Lewis sort of alienated Twitty and Tawny, so he kind of doesn't have friends to go crawling back to right away. Yeah, I like it because... Like, Lewis actually has friends that he could go back to, whereas Blake doesn't. Doesn't really, yeah. So it's it's just, yeah, it's kind of, sh- it's cool that it shows that dichotomy. Mm-hmm. So the next scene is Lewis sitting on the steps at school, and he's sort of depressed, obviously, because Blake just dumped him. <laughs> and Twitty comes over, and... Uh, Wait, also, I, did you notice Twitty picks something, like, green off of Lewis's pants? What? I've I always wondered what he I because in the quality of the my, the thing I have I can't tell. Hang on, I gotta see this. It's like <laughs> towards the beginning. Yeah, I do see it. Do you know what that is? I can't I don't even tell. Know. What it it looks, like looks like it's like, like a, a handkerchief or something. Or something. Yeah, I don't or know. Something. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. That's actually kind of cool though, watching yeah. that back because it seems like. AJ genuinely didn't know what it was, but he was, you know, the acting is so good on this show that he plays it it. off and he just sort of stares at it and just flicks it away. And and that's another thing, like, another thing that Jonathan Winfrey, the director, does, he just, he keeps it in. And I Mm -hmm. like, and like, that's what I love about even Stevens is just those little small details that aren't meant to be there, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that stuff definitely helps make the show special. Mm Mm-hmm. So we get, oh no, we get another surreal sort of thing here where Twitty wonders if there's, you know, any bad blood between Lewis and Blake, which why would he ask that though? Did he notice the falling out? Because yeah, because I don't think we get a scene where Twitty notices or knows that something went wrong. Maybe it's just because he's sitting by himself. Maybe. Previously, he had just been with Blake all the time. Right. Maybe, but that might be a little... A little error mm-hmm. we caught there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, Twitty is concerned that, you know, something, maybe Lewis and Blake had a falling out, and Lewis is really overcompensating, and he's like, oh, no, no, uh, uh, we're, we're tight. Uh, Blake, Blake's waiting for me around the corner. I gotta go. <laughs> Even though, you know, Blake is not waiting, and <laughs> it cuts to a surreal sort of thing where Lewis is standing with a rain cloud over his head, just being drenched in rain in the school hallway. Yeah. Why? Why did we cut to that? I I don't. It's probably the most random part of the episode. It's not like it's memory. It's kind of just forgettable. It's It's point. I I just I never understood the point of it. I was like, I don't like it. I I don't know. I just they're like, oh, I discovered how to make a fake rain cloud. (laughs) Let's try it out. That's probably what happened. It's like music videos in the 90s and early 2000s that use so many special effects. Yeah. Like they just started discovering that they could do all of this stuff yeah. and they just say, why not? I think the best example of that is the Live in La Vida Loca music video. I don't know. Look that up sometime because they use every special effect in the book <laughs> in every weird transition and morph you can think of. 
<laughs> and yeah, it's amazing. The, uh, the 90s was the renaissance for special effects. And just discovering technology. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the next scene, we get a wonderful mirror talk. And I, I love these. And, I, and, and mm. something I really like about this one is, you know, we see Lewis just killing time in his room. I kind of like that. I like love we, it. Yeah. You just see him just being sort of, sort of lost in his bedroom. Just Yeah, he's like reading the magazines. Moving and... from his bed to the floor, to the <laughs> desk, to the whatever. He's just laying on his bed at one point and just like pondering life on his bed for like two seconds. Yeah, then... just like. It's a good scene. And then I like the way it, it shows us that and then cuts to a mirror talk because you know, it's like getting into Lewis's head a little bit. With the little microphone, too. He's got the ribbon mic. Yep. I, I, I love that, too, the way he sort of treats this mirror talk as if he's doing stand-up or something. Yeah. It's a pretty good mirror talk. Yeah, I like it. He says... Okay. For those of you keeping score at home, my new friends, they don't like me. My old friends, they don't like me. So I guess the score is friend zero, Lewis really zero. I don't know. I guess maybe next time I'll think twice before I save a guy's life. Okay. Yeah, so something that always stood out to me, though, is when he says, you know, maybe next time I'll think twice before I save a guy's <laughs> life. I'm like, it's a great that's line. horrible. That, 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 that is a horrible way to live. But it's an awesome line, like, because when you're 13, these are the lessons you learn in life. And, like, he's consciously saying it but subconsciously that's what people think you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like when they do a good deed and uh like when you're 13 and you know how what matt dearborn said and you're you know you're selfish when you're a kid Mm -hmm. and when you do a good deed and it backfires you subconsciously think well maybe i don't know maybe i shouldn't do that next time like so next time you have the opportunity you think twice i know but it's just not that you won't do it you just think twice about it Right. You remember what happened last time. It's it's like funny, but at the same time, it's like very real. Like, yeah, I definitely do think it's real, and that's what makes uh, this mirror talk one of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like you know Lewis being sort of mature and really you know self reflecting about the situation, and I don't know, but but yeah, just as I just thought of that line more though, I was like, great. <laughs> so if a person's dying, you're gonna think twice about it and and not help them because oh later on it might negatively affect my life. But he still tries to, but for selfish gain as well. Yeah. So the next scene, here we go, man. This is the Ren and Larry pinnacle of this is the weirdest this is the most bizarre scene but i mean wow like as mom and i were watching it she was like oh my god like totally there is something there like it's crazy 100 so larry comes over to the stevens house to apologize to ren which is nice and you know he comes over and he's like yeah i think i should apologize and ren's sitting there watching the old and the beautiful which <laughs> obviously they couldn't say bold and the beautiful i guess she's watching a soap opera and oh and the thing the important thing before this is that Larry finds out that Ren officially resigned from public service and yeah. so and he's clearly upset about it like you see that he's upset like he didn't want that to happen he realized that you know he didn't want Ren to just totally give up did he his taunting is supposed to motivate her in his mind I don't know I, well I think also he feeds off of this rivalry more than Ren. like I don't I think Ren it would be perfectly fine if the rivalry didn't exist whereas yeah. Larry wants the rivalry mm-hmm He comes over to the house to apologize and says the most dramatic, deep thing where, you know, he's like, So you're just going to give up. Look, ever since fifth grade, we've been competing against each other and I've been beating you. 
In your dreams, Beale. Now, what I'm trying to say is that you can't stop trying. If there's no Ren Stevens, there's no Larry Bill. What? I don't know. He says, we've always been competing and I've always won, is what mm-hmm. he says, too. It's like, why you're trying to get her to come back? Why are you being still a jerk about it? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's part of their thing. I don't know. But it, but it's... It's a weird scene. It's such a weird scene. But then to, like, say that without you, there is no me. I'm like, wow, that's... Things got real. Things got really real. I'm like, okay. And, you know, and so he's like, okay, yeah, well, I, I, I think even he was like, okay, I'm getting a little too deep there. I should go now. So... Yeah. He's about to leave and Ren invites him to stay and watch the rest of the soap opera. And he says, uh, no, <laughs> I think I had enough soap operas for one day. But he says it with like the slyest little smile. It's so That's the weird part. And he sort of looks Ren up and down a little bit with the, <laughs> with this little smile on his face. Like, hey, <laughs> and I'm like, like how, yeah, it's like, how is this a soap opera? You just came over, taunted Ren and begged her to come back because there would be no more you. And then. Well, because he like, was getting really dramatic, you I know, guess. He was, it's always just a weird line to me. And it's a romance soap opera. Maybe yeah. that was hinting at the fact that he felt the romance yeah. between them. Because then they cut to Ren and she's super blushy. And she's like trying to figure out like what just happened. Like you see her sort of look away and then she turns back and she looks a little confused. But she's smiling and I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's weird that they never took anything from it. Yeah. Literally nothing happened from it. But it is a really intense scene, and I think the chemistry and whatever's going on there is really noticeable. We need to get Mark Fink, the writer, on this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Find along him. Along with Jewel. And- okay. Along with pretty much everyone, <laughs> every character. That's the goal. Yep. So the next scene, they're at a car wash, and I always wondered what was the point of this car wash, and I paused the episode to look at the car wash sign. Did you do that? No, I didn't. What did it say? It's $5 per car, and it's to help support the Wombat Preservation Society. (laughs) In Australia? (laughs) Well, the Wombat is their school mascot. Yeah. Uh, so they're looking out for the wombat in sure. there. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good detail. I like it. That's what I love about this show. It's so random and hilarious. Yep. Because I was confused. I was like, why are they doing a car wash? What is this for? And I was like, do they ever tell us? So like they just they make a point to hang on that sign for like a split second. So I was like, let me pause and see what it says. And how old is the guy who's throwing soap on the car, by the way? Oh, oh, he he has to be in his 30s. He's, he's like balding. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's in his 40s. Well, maybe he was a teacher or something. I don't know. Maybe he's helping out. Maybe. But yeah, so they're at this car wash and... Blake comes walking out of the school and he's like standing behind a car and the car starts backing up so slowly and <laughs> and Lewis looks at it and he's like, this is my chance. So he goes running over to Blake thinking that he's, you know, pushing him out of the line of fire. And right as he does that, the guy that's about to throw water on the car th- ends up throwing the water all over Blake. So mm. it does backfire once again. He should have thought twice before saving a guy's life I guess then (laughs) because something negative happened and Blake is so mad Uh, but I love how Lewis is like I just saved your life the car was coming out and it was backing up right into you it's gonna crush you look at me I'm a genuine hero I'm a Dudley do-right 
I'm saving your life over and over and Just over. Stay away from me forever. I'm like Dudley Do Right. I'm saving your life over and over oh, and no. over. <laughs> it's only happened twice, um, but okay. <laughs> I just love his facial expressions when he's doing it. <laughs> I mean, you feel for him, though. Like, you're like this kid. He, like, just really wants to be accepted. And mm-hmm. Speaking of that, that cuts right away to Twitty and Tawny washing a car and observing what just happened. Yeah. And this is a great, great, great line that they gave Tawny. It makes me so happy that they gave her this because um, it shows how well she knows him. Mm-hmm. She goes... You know, oh, I've seen this sort of thing before. She has that funny line about... Freak nasty. My mother had a patient like this once. 76-year-old man woke up one morning and told his wife he only wanted to be called Freak Nasty. Are you serious? Lewis's constant craving for approval combined with his youngest child syndrome has basically split his personality in two. So, uh, what are we gonna do? We've gotta shock him back into reality. That Lewis's constant craving for approval mixed with his youngest child syndrome has uh, split his personality in two, which I don't know what that means. But, you know, uh, (laughs) it's just the fact that she mentions that Lewis does have this constant craving for approval, which he does. And we've talked about this before. He wants to be popular because he doesn't feel like he fits anywhere. And that's the whole theme of the show, right? Mm -hmm. Like He's constantly searching for where he fits in and, mm-hmm. and this is just another he's like oh finally like i found somebody i like it, it took me saving his life but i still found somebody who wants to hang out with me mm-hmm. so he thinks even though i think he subconsciously knows that it's empty and, and shallow but he's like i'll take it mm-hmm. this episode is actually way deeper than the first five i think yeah i know that's part of the reason why i think it might be the best one of the six besides maybe steven's genes mm-hmm. i think like depth wise it's it's probably the deepest oh yeah that tawny line man i was like yes i'm so glad they gave her that line to show how well she really knows him yeah and also for the show to acknowledge that you know what i mean that yeah lewis Mm -hmm. is constantly looking for approval and it's a great tool to have her because tawny's parents are psychiatrists you're able to utilize her analysis of lewis a lot Mm -hmm. without making it seem super expository Mm mm-hmm was it Gordo's yep. parent? They were psychiatrists too, right? Yep. Yeah. They totally stole that from even Steven. Yeah, because Lizzie McGuire, <laughs> yeah, premiered the year after even Steven. So, yeah. yep. And now the new show, Andy Mack, which was also written by Terry Minsky, who created Lizzie McGuire, she has. Now, Andy Mack's best guy friend, both of his parents are psychiatrists. Yeah, it's a, it's a smart tool to use, though, because you can you have a friend who has a reason to analyze your personality. Yeah, but I just think it's, it's so good. funny that's like yeah. one too many appearances in Disney Channel shows. <laughs> it's not a coincidence, folks. But yeah, so Tawny basically decides that they have to go to drastic measures to shock Lewis back into reality. It cuts to Lewis riding his bike home. Past a sign that says, damsel in distress, 500 feet, keeps riding, and then, this means you, Lewis. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, and Lewis okay. Lewis just like, okay. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, and, and rides his bike down the way it tells him to go. He comes across Tawny laying on this tiny little train track. <laughs> and she's tied, but not tied, probably. She's just lying there with rope around her on the ground. And I do really like the way it takes Lewis a minute to recognize her. Yeah. And then he's like, Whoa, wait, Tawny? What the heck are you doing? 
Wait, this isn't another one of your protests, is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. Because I'm like, again, and that, that shows them sort of knowing each other uh, well and how she's just super out there and yeah. weird with her activism and everything. That she would That's do great. some strange protests, tie herself to a little train track. <laughs> And so she sort of, you know, explains to him, untie the rope, save me from the evil Twitty, who comes comes riding up on this uh, train. So Lewis unties her from the tracks, saves her. I really, really, really like how Tawny says, in case you didn't notice, we just saved you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Again, like, it's really deep because, you know, before that she tells him, please save my life and I will forever be your friend. <laughs> you know, to sort of do this, the whole Blake situation, but with his old friends. Yeah, it's a smart strategy because yeah. you're basically like resetting that mindset of we'll be your friends if you save us, but then we're really saving you. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, this episode's super deep. Yeah. It is. This is even Stevens where even the number 57 episode on my list is still an episode that I really like watching. Mm-hmm. So after that, that's pretty much the end of the actual episode. And they end it by telling Lewis, oh, I also love, there's a good line, you know, because it gets a little deep, gets a little mushy, like, oh, we're friends. And Tawny says, yeah, I'm tearing up here. Yeah. <laughs> and then a good Lewis and Tawny moment right after he saves her and he says is this the part where you know you tell me I'm your hero and you kiss me and she says (laughs) don't push it (laughs) (laughs) I love that yeah and it ends with them telling him oh yeah and uh, by the way you owe us 30 bucks for the train ride 30 bucks (laughs) which which is interesting too because my mom she was like where'd they get the train how do they how do they have this i'm glad they at least sort of acknowledged that maybe they rented it or yeah they implied that it came from some that they had to get it yeah yeah i see again a lesser show probably wouldn't have thrown a line in there to explain how the heck they got this working little train thing and so then it cuts to the final minute thing which is the very last scene again sort of a larry and ren moment she's up there trying to do her student policy monitor spiel again and tells everyone to fill out the forms and put it in the box and Larry stands up for her and takes her side and he stands up there and he's like you know you heard the lady if you have a suggestion fill it out and put it in the box and tells her continue miss policy monitor and they sort of smile at each other and she's like thanks larry i don't know i I love it though they're so cute the fan fiction writers everywhere have so much ammo uh so then the very last shot is of lewis twitty and tawny at lunch and she's like oh i'm glad things are back to normal and like lewis is just silent and they're like it is back to normal, right? So Lewis says, wait a minute, and sticks two carrots up his nose. And he's like, now they're back to normal. And Twitty spits out his drink. And <laughs> Tawny just starts laughing and sort of gives Lewis. She also does the look here as well. Yeah. Margot Harshman with her slight looks here that we've been noticing. I was wondering if Margot Harshman had a thing for Shia or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just the how good she is at looking at him like that. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Because, I mean, and she's a great actress, but it just, she it's too easy for her, I think. Mm-hmm. It, I think that's another thing, like, why Lewis and Tawny work so well as a couple. She She's laughing very genuinely, but then, like, she sort of, like, stops in the middle of the genuine laugh yeah. to sort of give him this look like... Like an adoring look. Oh, this kid. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? I feel like there's something there. Mm-hmm. It's really great. So that's the episode... 
any more thoughts now that we've discussed it? No, just same kind of stuff. Like it's way deeper than I remembered. Yeah, I liked it way better than than the last time I watched it. I think. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm still okay with number forty four. <laughs> yeah, moving on to some segments. Uh, <laughs> MVP. My non-Lewis MVP I have as Twitty and Tawny. Yeah, I put Tawny. Both really good. I put Twitty because I love the depth that's created between him and Lewis. I didn't really notice that as much, though. Just like, because as a guy, there's not, besides Boy Meets World, because that's kind of its own bromance. Mm -hmm. Like, romances aren't really prominent in a lot of shows, but for a guy to be this concerned about his guy friend and, like, to the point where... Just the, the look on AJ's face, Twitty's face, when he's in the hallway there and he's like, yep. hey, we'll hang out sometime next week or whatever he says. And then Twitty's like, all right. Like, that's such a great moment that you don't see from guy friends in shows. Right. You see girls a lot of times, like, kind of, like, worried about their friend mm-hmm. or their girlfriend or whatever. But, like, you don't see guys that concerned about their guy friends a lot in shows. And I just really love that in this episode. Yeah, that sort of stood out to me as well. He looks sort of crushed, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's really deep for a guy from a guy's perspective and a young, like, when I was 12 or 11 watching this, Mm -hmm. like... And I see, and and that was another uh, thing that I was excited about for this podcast, a cool angle, is that... You know, you have the guy perspective and I have the girl perspective. definitely, yeah. So it's time for some trivia. Is it true? Did you know? For your information, is it true that... What does that mean? Writer Mark Fink, this is his only Even Stevens writing credit. He he wrote an episode of Boy Meets World, the I Dream of Feeny episode from the first season. Oh, Uh, oh, oh, wait, wait. Is that a Boy Meets World nection? Yeah, I think so. And he also wrote five episodes of Full House, which I'm a I'm a big Full House fan. <laughs> uh, and then director Jonathan Winfrey, he directed five episodes of Even Stevens. He also directed Cousin Skeeter, I think one episode. Oh man, that show, Cousin I Skeeter. I love Cousin Skeeter. Oh, oh my that's gosh. that's good. That theme song, Engine No Skeeter Flows, and out of Cousin I don't know okay, the so words. After Even Stevens ranked, we'll do Cousin Skeeter ranked. <laughs> Skeeter's what I want. Skeeter is what I need. <laughs> Man, I loved Cousin Skeeter. I loved Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> that show was so bizarre. It was so weird. His cousin was a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Like, talk about surreal. Like, oh, man, I just loved weird things when I was a kid. Like, I mean, I grew up on Pee Wee's Playhouse, so Cousin Skeeter was right up my alley. (laughs) Jonathan Winfrey also directed a few episodes of Eddie McDowd, which there's a lot of connections between 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd and even Stevens. Yeah, I don't think we've... We we haven't talked about that on the record, though. Yeah, like... uh, Shia had originally filmed a pilot for... Mm -hmm. A hundred deeds, uh, good deeds for Eddie McDowd, and then for whatever reason they decided to completely recast the show. But yeah, that that's a thing. So for my trivia, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Blake Thompson, who is played by Timothy Everett Moore, mm-hmm. he was born on June twenty second, and so was I. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I share a birthday with Blake Thompson. Well, yours is June. Mine's June twenty fifth. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> no crap. Get this. Okay, this is weird. So, do you know, my mom told me my due date 
was June 11th. That's Shia's birthday. Shia's birthday. Oh my God. We were so close to having the same birthday. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Another thing, there were like a few little like continuity things in this one. Yeah, yeah But sure. the most noticeable one, Tawny's wearing a really thick choker when she's laying down on the train tracks. But then yeah. when she stands up, her choker is gone. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I didn't understand why they what that was about. But I thought that was funny. I never <laughs> noticed that before. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I think it's interesting how the title of the episode, Lewis in the Middle, is probably supposed to be Malcolm in the Middle reference. Yes, my guess. I just think that's interesting because I know a lot of people confuse the two shows. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, they're both single camera, but... I do see certain similarities, but for the most part, it's like, obviously, I can tell the difference between the two shows, but (laughs) for some people... In their memory, like, they get certain things confused. Like, a lot of people thought that Shia was on Malcolm in the Middle instead of even Stevens. And Yeah, I think it's the confusion comes from maybe Frankie Muniz and Shia having similar looks when they were younger. And they both used to wear those Hawaiian shirts a lot. Yeah. Like, the open Hawaiian shirts. They kind of mm-hmm. have the same style. I mean, that's probably what, where it stems from. But, mm-hmm. the, I mean, they're two completely different shows, I think, as far as... Like the family dynamics, obviously, like and in tone as well, and the fact that like Malcolm like narrates it sort of and yeah, he talks yeah. to the camera. But I can see the Luke because Lewis is kind of like the oddball in his family. Yeah, and Malcolm's kind of the oddball in the fact that he's the most normal. I think. Yeah. Where the rest of his family is like weird, whereas it's flipped and even Stevens. I think. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about it that way. Uh, And then the last thing, which actually did stand out to me when I was watching it in the cafeteria, Charlotte's like, "Mm, I have to say, I have quite a taste for this meatloaf, but she's eating peas and carrots. (laughs) He's not eating meatloaf. (laughs) But then I I looked closer and it does look like she, there might be like a little chunk of meatloaf there, but still like to zoom in and the main thing on the dish is just nothing but peas and carrots and have her say that. It's like, why? Then for the last little bit of information, pop culture in this one, there was a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. We have The Godfather, so Marlon Brando, and uh, you know the different things that he was in. So The Godfather, On the Waterfront, Streetcar Named Desire. Then we have Austin Powers, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Bold and the Beautiful, Dudley Do-Right, Malcolm in the Middle uh, from the title, and then also Freak Nasty. Freak Nasty. I didn't know that he was a rapper that like had a hit in 1997. Yeah. Freaking nasty. And I think that's actually good, though, because that reference, it just sounds like the person woke up and wanted to be called a random thing. Like, you know, it doesn't... But if you know the reference, it's funny, right? So, why would you want to be called freak nasty? (laughs) Exactly. So, very quickly, I do have some tweets. Oh, yes. This is my favorite. Yeah, this is probably my favorite segment. Here's one. It is from at Little Puncho. This is going to be weird to read this. Uh, Don't know what the heck he means. He says, I remember that episode of Even Stevens where he had them Austin Powers teeth in his mouth. Looking sorry, den a hoe. (laughs) No idea what he means. That's great. And he wrote, ha ha, as well. Don't know what that means. As though we weren't clear that he was joking. Yeah. Looking sorry, Denaho. 
ha ha ha. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. And then I just found some tweets about Ren and Larry. Nothing really specific about this episode, but just yeah. sort of to back up what we were saying. Uh, so this person, who, by the way, their username on Twitter is Lars Honeytoast. Oh, sick. Heck yeah. We got to get this person listening to the podcast. Clearly, they're a fan of the show. Yeah, if they're not already. Yeah. They said, the loons at Disney Channel didn't even get Ren and Larry together and even Stevens. WTF is up with that. They didn't deserve cutie Ty Hodges. <laughs> Big Ty Hodges fan. And another person at SoContagious19 says... Okay, anybody else really wanted Larry and Ren to date on Even Stevens? Good chemistry there. Definitely. Yeah, so... I knew I couldn't have been the only one. And then when I saw your stuff about it on your blog, I was like, okay. Yeah. It's apparently a thing that Ren and Larry should have been together. Oh, yeah. And then, as always, to wrap this up, our best quotes. You went first last time, so I'll go first. I laughed a lot throughout the episode, but... Not necessarily at a specific line. I had to do a little digging. So I think, again, I have two. I know the whole point of this is for us to force ourselves to pick one. Sometimes it's hard, though. But I think I'm going to do my favorite and then an honorable mention. The one quote that I would pick. It's so subtle. It's so small. But I just love Shia's delivery. And I just always laugh. It's when Tawny is spying on Lewis from the bushes at lunch. And Lewis walks by and says... What are you, chopping hedges? <laughs> like, oh man, I, I don't know. I just always laugh. How's it going? And then my honorable mention is Tweety asks Lewis, oh, I didn't know if there was any bad blood between you and Blake. And Lewis says, no, there's no bad blood. There's no blood. Do I look like I'm bleeding? He has such a like that kind of like east coast delivery sometimes you know yeah what are you chopping hedges does it look like i'm bleeding he kind of has an accent too it's like what are you chopping hedges yeah it definitely uh comes from i think his comedian influences maybe like uh rodney dangerfield or like jay leno or something like that yeah your best quote mine is hands down it's it's, i mean like i said like i want to i want to compile like my top five quotes from this at least like each season this is this might be on it it's in the mirror talk. He says, for those of you keeping score at home, my new friends, they don't like me. My old friends, they don't like me. So I guess the score is friends zero, Lewis really zero. <laughs> it's weird though. <laughs> it's weird though. I don't really get that though. It's great. That's the best part because you can't, his friends have zero because they they don't have him, but he has really zero because he's really like has nobody. I don't know. I just love that quote. <laughs> You can't be have a score less than zero, but in, but you could if you had like negative one. Negative. But instead, he just he doesn't go negative. He just says, "I'm really zero. <laughs> I like like the stuff I like about this show is like bizarre. I feel like a lot of people like the lines I like are really obscure sometimes. Uh, yeah, I that's yeah. That's why when like Dearborn was saying a lot of it's like broad humor. Mm-hmm. It is, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff I like about it is the subtle humor like the stuff that's not really supposed to be the main joke or whatever oh no yeah no i mean me too definitely a lot of the time but yeah so far you've been pretty consistent with that like picking like lesser thought of quotes (laughs) i i think that's everything right 
Yeah, so that'll do it for us today, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Please, if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, We'd really appreciate it. And it's always nice to... uh, We have one review right now, and it was really nice to get. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. It's it's just just nice to see that, that, you know, you guys uh, like what we're putting out there. So... Yeah, follow on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even stevensrank.com, of course. And write into us. Oh, yeah. Write into us with some questions or... As usual, if you have anything you want to say, the mailbox is always open, like 24-7. It's always nice to get an email. Uh, And yeah, so we will see you guys in the next episode. See ya. See ya.